We're really excited about this series. As you can tell, John and I have been having such a good time. We've been having such a good time just communicating the heart of the father, both as a mother and a father um, for married couples. Because if the nucleus of, of a marriage is strong, then you know that everything around it is going to benefit from that strength. And, and if the nucleus of a marriage is flowing in love, then everything around it not just the family, but the extended family, and not just the extended family, but the community. And God is going to take this, uh, the, the revival is, is going to happen. This is going to be a revival of love. And, and so he's going to get these, these nucleuses and, and ignite them so that we can together begin to multiply and take dominion. Um, so we, as a leadership, we're so excited about this, and, and John and I just wanted to um, share a lot of what we've learned and what, because we did it the wrong way uh, some of the time, and then um, there, were, there were some things that we did that we did right, and so we just wanted to share with you a lot of that so that we could all um, be strong together, amen? So uh, today we're going to continue on the needs of uh, women. Last week, I talked a lot. Sorry about that, honey. I know I just like never do that. <laughs> but um, I talked about the needs of men. And today, John is going to talk about what women want. Wah, wah, wah. And um, then we're going to go into some marriage don'ts. And then if we have time, we're going to hit um, the subject of communication. Okay? And so, John, take it. What, is, what do women want? To talk a lot. <laughs> Yes, you can take, that's noteworthy. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm really not kidding. Um, women do want to talk a lot, and they do want to communicate. So I can't wait to get through. I'm going to fast forward through mine to hear the communication part, because I know you're going to take that. Before we do, though, would it be okay just to uh, just honor Tracy, just another round of applause. She is the mother of the house. These are for you, my darling. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you. And, um, yeah, bonus, boys, take notes. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so now that we've gotten that done, no, I, I want to uh, start with the scripture. And um, I love the, the Proverbs. I don't know if you've been in the Proverbs uh, much lately, but the Proverbs are just full of richness. Just, I mean, they're so wise, they're so wonderful. And here's one, one of my favorites in 31. Uh, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all of the days of her life. And there's a lot more in it. But in Proverbs 31, it's an amazing um, uh, scripture for all of us uh, when it comes to uh, seeing what a beautiful wife is, what a wonderful wife is. And, um, you know, I just want to say... Um, I'm blessed to have a wife like that, and I, I just look at Tracy's life and and um, and read this psalm, and and she's the picture of it. You know who else is? My mother. My mother passed away last year in March, and she was this kind of woman. So take time, if you will. I won't read the whole thing, but take time to read the whole thing, Proverbs 31, and um, the women. You know, I'm blessed to have women in my life like that. Okay. Well, let's start um, this. This uh, part of the series, I do have a few things to share with you, and some of this is it's just from the scripture. Some of it uh, is just practical things that we picked up along the line, so um, let's dive right in. One, one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about is uh, the needs of men and women. Now, she talked a lot about what men need and uh, just shared how you know, men really respond to those positive affirmations from, from their wives. Uh, or from their loved one. And women also have needs, and uh, I wanted to share five of them uh, as we go. If you're taking notes, I'll go ahead and uh, lay them all out, and then we'll break them down one at a time. Number one is security. Is security. Non-sexual touching, number two. Honor, number three. Number four, open and honest communication, I know I'm going fast, Matthew. <laughs> Look at his wife help him too. She's like, now you misspelled uh, 
communication. No, she, she didn't say that. Matthew never misspells. And then leadership, leadership, leadership. Okay, so there are five. Security, non-sexual touching, honor, open and honest communication, and leadership. So we'll dive right in. So security, you hear a lot about that, you know, do you feel secure, you know, safe, covered, and, and those things. Um, her security is, is derived by knowing physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial needs are to be met. And um, now, please, you know, when we're going through this, understand that no human being can meet all of your needs. But this, we talked about, you know, being, uh, it's the heart of the matter. You know, that I'm talking to gentlemen now. Gentlemen, you might be doing your very best to get a job. Think about the 20s, like my dad came up. He was born in 1911. During the Great Depression, there were no jobs. But he was working, literally cutting wood, a big stack, six feet long and five feet high, cut, delivered, and stacked for, for 50 cents each. And he didn't have a chainsaw. That was an axe. And you know who was helping him? My mother on the other end, sawing, cutting, sawing the tree down, and he cut him up with an axe. So there were no jobs. They were trying their very best to go. I'm sure my dad would love to have millions of dollars to lavish on my mother and everything. But the heart of it was, I'm going to take care of my family. You see the difference? Like you could be, um, you know, even today, you know, you might be trying to get a job. You're going out every day. Your job is to find a job, and you don't have a job. But the heart is still there. She could still feel secure knowing that her man is uh, looking out for the external, like the, to, get a, to take care of their financial needs. Does that make sense? And uh, so anyway, uh, physical needs, obviously, you've got to have food on the table. You've got to have some clothes on your back and a roof over your head. Who else promises those things? The Lord, who gives us the ability, gentlemen, to make wealth. This is 101. This is, you know, finances 101. The Lord is the one that gives us the ability to make wealth. And we should be very thankful for that. Because sometimes after we get doing pretty well at that, we think we're the source of our loved ones, um, you know, the roof over their head, don't we? Yeah. I remember wanted to, that? I wanted to jump in here for just a minute and, and just say one of the... I know, right? I tried. How long did that last? It seemed like forever. <laughs> Almost Three got minutes. With oh, one my of... goodness. I'm getting so good at this. <laughs> We're halfway through point 1A. No, okay. you had a good... No, I did want you to share here about... Well, I want to share because it's, it's about the security part. And this is, was, was something that the Lord showed me. Um, because if I'm looking at him as my provider, then I'm going to hold him responsible for what he does or doesn't, like the amount that he brings in. And the Lord just really brought some revelation to me on this. And he said, well, okay, wait a minute. I'm your provider. He's going to steward and be a good steward. So what John was saying, you know, as a good steward, you, if, if you don't have a job, your job is to find a job. You know, your job is to work as unto the Lord. And so he, and so he was kept telling me, especially when you're in a season of lack, you know, it's real easy to go, Hey dude, but it, but the better thing to do is to say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord because the Lord said that he is our provider. And so together we will pray and, and set 10,000 to flight on our behalf and get those angels out there working for us, you know? And so I just wanted to inject that and then I'll be quiet. You will not. I know. <laughs> I didn't mean to lie, sorry. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <clears throat> so, See, I love you. You so get me. They want to talk, guys, I'm telling you. Anyways, um, <laughs> So, to Tracy's point, I agree with everything you said. No, really, uh, you, you can't always, uh, you know, be at the top. You know, life co it ebbs and flows as far as finances are concerned. But uh, that is a, a very important need. Did you know that a lot of the counseling we do is about finances, believe it or not? 
we have to deal with finances. Finances are not the devil, you know. Um, money is not evil, uh, but we do want to say that uh, the root of all, uh, the love of money is the root of evil. And so we want to make sure that we're okay on that. Everybody good with that? We actually had a couple that we were in relationship with years ago, and she wanted to talk to us, and she says, I think I'm going to leave my husband. I'm like, really? You guys get along great. He's a wonderful guy. What do you mean? She said, well, he's not been able to break six figures. She said, he's been in the 85, 90 range for about 10 years now. And she said, I've just had enough of it. That's a true story. And Tracy and I are like, this is a great guy. I mean, a wonderful guy, treats her like a queen. I'm like, yeah. you need to get down off that throne of yours, little <laughs> sister, and get yourself a job. <clears throat> anyway, that's uh, the kind of counseling you'll get, too, if you <laughs> start right, throwing right. stuff like that around. We'll, we'll talk to you. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, number two in, in under security um, the external needs, but also the internal needs. The internal needs are the things of the heart. And these are, I feel like, are even more important. You could be an unemployed pool guy, but if she feels safe and loved and the, she knows that you adore her, nothing against pool guys either. I really like pool guys. But the, the thing is, uh, if her heart is okay, she will probably be okay. Uh, that's that's a very, very, very important um, to a woman to feel emotionally taken care of. The heart is taken care of. Fair enough? Yeah, that, that's good. That's a good one. And then um, what else? When she feels safe and secure, she'll open up. When she feels unsafe, insecure, she will close down. We talked about that a little bit. Like a flower, a woman's like a flower, she'll open up uh, when she feels secure and safe and cared for. Uh, but she will, she'll go in, and actually the, the, you know, thus saith John, you know, today, but actually if you look at, at the way that happens is she begins to focus on the source of her insecurity. Or her unsafety, whatever you think. What, whatever's, yeah, makes, makes her feel unsafe. So that becomes the, the focus all the time. It's never good to focus on, you know, what's going to eat you. I went through a, a car training school one time to learn how to drive race cars. It was awesome. And it was Bob Bondurant. If you ever get a chance to do it, it's out in Arizona. But I was speeding toward the corner when he, when he finally let me drive, and the race car coach stuck his hand on my head and did like this to push my head around the corner because all I was looking at was that wall. <laughs> and that's a... a that's just, you know, you stare at that wall long enough and you're going to smack right into it. What do we need to stare at? Uh, there's a lot more up here than there is down here, folks. Okay. Women feel secure, they'll open up. And that's really what you want. You want, you know, uh, if your helpmate is closed down, then you're not moving. You're not moving together. You're, you're actually pushing back and forth like we talked about last week a little bit. A selfish person will let's say a selfish man, let's just use, since I'm talking about the men, if we're selfish toward our wives, if we're selfish, you know, hey, that all belongs to me, you know, whatever. If we're selfish like that, then uh, that's another thing. Uh, we're going to be, they're going to feel like they're, we're, we're not selfless. We're not uh, giving ourselves, pouring ourselves out. That's the way God made it to be. And so if we don't do that, they will be closed down as well. Right, ladies? If any of this sticks, I mean, if this, this is your time to say, that's right, you know. And um, Woo! Come on, girls. <clears throat> we've actually talked about this, so I know it's right for Tracy, okay. Um, anyway, be selfless. That's what the Lord said, pour your life out like he did. Honesty and integrity is another one. Um, you know, the Lord said that uh, the dishonest scales, you know, they used to weigh everything, like this side and this side, but they'd. Some of the guys would shave a little off that one side, you know, so the scale would tip in their favor. Uh, dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. You know what other things are abominations to the Lord? I know you do. So that's a pretty big deal uh, if you think about it. Um, he's saying that, the same word he uses to talk about all kinds of abominations that you would never have any part of. But he wants us to be honest. Uh, our 
our spouses can look up to us when we're honest. And actually, uh, this is the man thing. You really have to set the tone for that in, the, in your household. It's up to you to do this. And then the whole household will rise to that, to that point. Uh, I can remember my dad uh, buying hay in the field. And, you know, when hay gets wet, it's not worth as much. It mill, mildews, and it's not very good, and the cows don't like to eat it. Hay, it's like bales of hay. Anyway, the hay's in the field, um, and my dad had made a deal for it, and it rained on it. I mean, really rained on it. Even to where we picked it up, the bottom of the bale would have mud stuck to it. It's not very good hay. But my dad had given his word for the hay. We picked every bit of it up, and there was never a, a minute's discussion about it. That's just who he was. I've seen him go back nine miles back to town to give a dollar back when he got too much change one time. He may have done it for my benefit. I don't know. He never said a word about it. It's just said, oh, he gave me too much change. Let's get back in the car. Let's run over there real quick. There was no thought about it. So anyway, that having setting a tone like that in your household is like, well, I guess we've just got to be honest. And we talked about being situational, like being honest when it seems good or not taking the bribe when it's offered. You know, you have to decide all of that, young gentleman, uh, before you set your house up, uh, when you set your household up so you know what to do in the moment. Sound good? Okay, so she, can, she loves that. How to meet our needs of security. Can I um, jump sure. in there? Yeah, uh, one of the things that is so critical, and I think we've lost a little of in this generation, is um, being a person of your word. And you give your word, you, you have to be obligated to your word if, because our word is our bond. And one of the things that I love so much is, is just those stories from John, you know, that, that farming life that's just created that salt of the earth. And it does a, a wife so good that when John says, you know, hey, Tracy, I'm going to do this, then he does it. And so I see that, and it could be something like doing the dishes or, you know, helping out or whatever, but I know that I can depend on him. So what it does is it builds trust in my, not just with what he does, but it builds trust in my heart. So then I know that, that I'm connected to somebody that I can trust, and it, and it actually helps me to say, okay, that's who I'm going to be too you know, back to him because he's already set that standard. And so I have to also do that. So it's very important that we trust one another. Um, and trust is a big one for a marriage. Uh, also, uh, along the lines here, if you say you're going to text somebody, younger generation, I mean, for, for real, this is a big deal. Like Tracy and I'll get somebody want to meet with us and everything. We'll meet with them. and It'll be a young woman and she'll say, well, you know, he said he was going to text me yesterday because he texted me the day before. I texted him three times before that, and then we text him back. But if you say you're going to text, you got to text, you know, right? Even if it's texting, He's saying, hey, I'm not dating. really going to text you. I'm too busy. Whatever it is, but uh, it's a big thing uh, to do what you say you're going to do. Be where you say you're going to be and be on time. All right, be on time. Farm living. So is this there? There's a chance... Did you see how affectionately she talked about the farm? Well, yes. There's a chance. No, no. Like, I like the back Green then farm. Acres is a place Yes, to that's be. right. I'm city girl. <laughs> yep. None of that farm song, living. release it. Okay, um, don't make her ask for you to meet her needs. And you're like, where is the list of all this stuff? Basically, I can give you my notes, but... Uh, guys, there's no way we remember all this stuff. It's good to write all this on your mirror, you know, or have it around there handy because you won't remember it all. But the heart you will remember, and you'll see things that need to be done. But don't make her ask you. It's like, well, you haven't done those dishes in a week. And you're like, well, you never asked me to. Well, if I have to ask you, then you don't get any points for that. Okay, gold right there. It's so much gold. Yeah, I mean, so, look, you got to do the dishes either way, guys. That's what I'm trying to say to you. You want the points or don't you? <clears throat> Matthew's taking another note. She's like... Okay, um, let's go to the next one. Um, the soft non sensual affection like 
Uh, we'll talk about more about you know men's needs versus, versus you know versus women's needs. But um, you know the really the um, the non-sexual love that happens all day determines really the height of the love that happens at night. Are y'all with me? And so um, what we need here is we need to be affectionate to our mate, like we will hold hands in the car. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Now you might think, well, holding hands, there's, so, there's nothing to that. There is. Holding hands is like the deal, seriously. Uh, it's a connection. They're, they're, I don't know if you're, if you're getting this or not. I'm just saying that um, all day long, it's, you know, it's the little things that, um, that make everything else work. Does that sound good? Purpose to hold her often. Uh, women love to be held. So do, so do guys. If you're like me, you know, my mother was very affectionate, very storge love. She said the only thing she loved uh, more than a baby was two of them, you know. <laughs> Seriously, she had all these little sayings, but she was just a warm, affectionate person, man. And I was like a lap baby. I was just like there all the time till, till I was about 12. But then I <clears throat> started to get a little awkward there. Now, she would, my mother was, just had this amazing touch. You've been around people that when they hug you, you just know you're loved. And that was my mom. And so I got a lot of that. And um, He doesn't sit on my lap. Just so you know. But you sit on mine all the time, honey. You know I that. do. I do. Um, when she says she wants to be held, um, the best thing to do is tell her what's wrong with her. It's not. I've been doing that wrong for years. Hadn't you, gentlemen? All the married guys are like, yeah, don't do that. That's bad. Have you seen the video about the nail? Okay. Enough said. Anyway, uh, don't fix her. Sometimes she doesn't need you to tell her what all is wrong and how to fix it. Sometimes she just want to be held. Uh-huh. I'm doing good on this front row right there. She said, that's right. And I mean, anyway, that's good. Be gentle and patient, which is hard for us because we really do want to say enough already. Didn't we cover this last week? Your mother. Okay. We, you know, <laughs> really, it's like. What's the problem here? You want me to type it out for you? Here's what you need to do. Get it done. You know, it's like, just hold her, guys. Um, and these words, I understand. That's all you have to say. We're fine. Then we're good. What else? Sacrificial gentleman puts his wife in a sensual mood. Get those dishes done early. Still time for everything else, guys. <clears throat> Um, honor. <clears throat> Women need to know that they're valued just like men do. Uh, here's what a very wise guy said. How many know Tom Waddle? I'm going to try to get this right. He said, uh, let me quote it. Hold on. Because it was, it was quote worthy. We wrote it down. He said, if you're a good Christian, you're a good spouse. You ever think about that? If you're a good Christian, you're a good spouse. In other words, everything that the Lord told us to do, if we do that here, that pretty much sums it up. We could have done this thing in about 15 minutes of the first week. <laughs> really? It I mean, wouldn't have been as much fun, though. That's true. All right, so um, be a good Christian. Uh, treat the person with the, re the respect and dignity that um, that we know we should, and um, it'll work for you. I'm going to skip that one. All right. Uh, speak words of life over your mate. Um, whether they're uh, love language, I don't know if you'll talk about that today, but uh, love language of affirmation words of affirmation some people thrive on it they have to have it but all of us like it and all of us need to be uh, prophesied over all of us need to have our destiny spoken over us and before us and when you when you do that uh, it's amazing how uh, those words actually create the destiny um, you begin to believe it and uh, and and lean into it 
And on the, on the flip side of that, you don't want to speak um, words that tear down all, all day long. You know, even if it's, um, what do you call it when you're just in jest? Like you're... Sarcasm, honey. Sarcasm. Yeah, sarcasm... Anger's um, ugly cousin. You know, sarcasm is funny for a minute, but sarcasm really does tear down a lot of times because it's usually funny at someone else's expense. I'm bad about doing that sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. But um, anyways, we don't want to say, oh, I'm just kidding when they are crying and everything. Oh, did that offend you? I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I mean, really... If you think about it, uh, people sometimes really open up to us, and, it, and it's about things you know people have said to them over and over again. People in their lives, people are important to them, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm sure they thought they were just kidding, but that really hits your heart, doesn't it?" If you say, you know, like making fun of somebody, or you know, picking out one part that's not perfect, or even if it is perfect, if people say it enough, you start really, are my ears really bigger than they should be for the size of my head? I don't, I mean. <laughs> Spend all day looking at those ears, right? Anyways, I'm just saying uh, we, do, we don't want to speak that stuff either. Speak positive, affirming words, and it builds up. That's what we're looking for there. So honor. Um, let's go to communication. Honey, you want to help me on that? Open and honest communication? I've got communication down, but I want the open and honest part too. Well, I don't know. Ladies, how many times have you said... How was your day? And your husband says, good. And then you ask your friend. <laughs> you ask your friend, how was your day? And she goes, oh, well, let me just tell you. It started off with, and they will go and tell you every single detail, every conversation, what he said, she said. And you have a very thorough and comprehensive idea about what happened in their day. But then the other side of that coin, good. And you're like pulling that information out. And so uh, women want detailed answers. We actually want to know about how you are, what's going on with you, what are you thinking, blah, 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 blah. And so we need to talk. That's something we need to do. Like We're, we're going saying. back to honor. Honey, I was just trying to make more time for you to talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. That so here's work. what you do. You have to set aside your time to talk to your wife. I mean, you literally have to purpose yourself to say, okay, we're going to have a conversation. And guys, I can tell you something. We need this a little bit every day, but what's really important, date night. Yeah. Date night is like a winning um, uh, strategy for, for a successful marriage. Don't stop dating her. Remember how much you talked when you were dating? Like you would sit around and you would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And you would share your dreams and your thoughts and, 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 and you would solve problems together. And so all of that, that actually helps women to feel heard and valued. That kind of communication starts to make us feel like, oh, wait, you see me. You value me. I'm important to you. And it's not that, it's not that you know, hey, honey, I ran out of words, even though I know that happens, and we have to understand that. But, you know, when you haven't run out of words, like at 6 p.m., those words are still there. So for me, I'm like, rush, run into the fire, you know. Talk to me. How often can I use the run out of words clause? Yeah, I think you're done. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so communication, communication. Um, and here's something that is, um, a very interesting statistic. Um, men have affairs for sex and women have affairs primarily for intimacy and connection. They find men who will talk with them and make them feel special. Again, there's that honor thing. Wow. <clears throat> That'll so, wake you up right there. Communication. Uh, we do need to make connection. Uh, again, just like uh, Tom said, you know, be a good person, be a good Christian person. You want to connect with people, right? You have no problem at all prophesying somebody, open them up, hear their story, and all the rest. So we need to do that. Um, and and it's an ever-evolving story, right? Um, you know, with your spouse. And uh, so, for Tracy and I, we, you know, just practically, ever so often, we have to get the kind of the super 
the, you know, the super communication weekend too. Like where we will just say, hey, it's done. We want to get two, three days together and we'll go to a hotel, even though we got a, you know, got a bed at home. But we'll go to a hotel where we just, it's just us, you know, we turn those phones off and just communicate. Yeah, it's if the change of environment really does help actually open up communication in us. I don't know if you knew that. That's why dating is so important because you're you're not at home, you're not surrounded by you're you're out of your element and and when you move and they've studied this as well. Um, actually, Andrew Triplett's company does this. They make them switch desks. Is it every six months or once a year? Whenever they feel like, right. Yeah. They do that because what it does is it opens up creativity in your brain. When you've now gone to a different spot in, in location, it helps you to, to think differently, to feel differently, and, and, and to process differently. And so I think that that's something that happens for us when we go away. We're in a different environment, yeah. and it helps us to really open up, like really begin to talk again. So if you're stuck in your communication... You need to go to a hotel or you need to go to someplace different on a date, you know, not the yeah. same place. Yeah, that's good. I I've, hear some guy back there going, uh, I'm going to get that side of the bed that I've always wanted. Let's just change that up. I'll be closer to the bathroom. You know, she took it when we got married. And I haven't been able to get it back. <clears throat> that was actually me saying that. Huh? <laughs> okay, so communication is important. We need to purpose to communicate. We need to... Um, to take time for it. I was, uh, I was struck many years ago. Uh, everybody know who Mike Bickle is, International House of Prayer. We went to a deal with him and he was sharing with us. Uh, he said, my wife and I take a time every week and nobody, everybody knows you don't schedule anything in that time, but they take a, they take a morning off every week. I guess they still do it as far as I know, but uh, they would meet every Thursday morning and it's like all morning and no matter what's going on, that guy's got a lot going on. And she does too. She's um, she's outside the home, inside the home. But um, they would just take the morning to to dream and to be be with each other. I will tell you when Tracy and I we we uh, when we get away like on a vacation or something like that, uh, or we take purpose time like that, we start talking about our lives instead of just doing life. We'll stop and start planning things, or you know what's working, what's not working, what are our dreams, you know. How can we get to that ranch in the country quicker? Um, things like that. I know one of us brought it up. I'm not sure who it was. But um, anyway, so, you know, it gives us time to, to really uh, to dream, doesn't it, babe? Yeah. Okay, good. Leadership. And we talked uh, quite a bit about this last week, so I'm, I'm going to hit it lightly. But leadership, not uh, domination or like, you know, my way or the highway or I'm the leader and all that stuff. Leadership is being a leader, not just declaring that you're the leader all the time. It is in business and it is in your ho household. Um, some of the strongest leaders I've ever seen didn't even have the title uh, of leader. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the person that everybody looks at when, you know, the thing comes and they're like, he's the real leader. And so uh, really leadership is, you know, it can be given or whatever. You can have a title in your home. I'm the man, you know, and all that. But the leadership comes by your activities and your actions. Is anyone following you? I mean, is, is she resisting? Does she not like the way you're going? Are we crooked? Are we going off the path the wrong direction? Do your ways work? I mean, leadership is a lot more, you know, working on ourselves and, and becoming better leaders, not just declaring it. Um, let, me, let me just go further with that. And Tracy told me this uh, very early in our relationship. She was describing uh, past relationships, and I, I had some of this too. But she would talk about, um, she said, you know, she went to counseling for four years. She shared that with you. One of the things she learns is when what a person says does not line up with what a person does, there's a problem. When the person says something different than what they're doing, there's a problem. Yeah, it's manipulation. So we want to uh, always look at that too. You know, um, for us, that's a red flag. Ladies, gentlemen, if you're dating and someone says one thing and does another, it doesn't line up. Don't go with what you're hearing. Go with what you're seeing. Yeah. That's the truth. 
That's the truth. It, and it's a true test. A lot of times it's one of the biggest red flags in a relationship. Um, you know, we all like, you know, like the guy that's sitting there, you know, digging the ditch and everything else. Old boy walks up and says, anything I can say to help you? I don't know if the, I don't know if the construction humor is going to go very well with this crowd. A lot of times, it just depends on who you're talking to. I probably get a good laugh on that on that one over at the storehouse right now. You know what I mean? A little construction humor, and they need a little humor. Um, anyway, with all that said, leadership, taking the initiative, the well-being of the family, and being responsible for how it goes. Uh, some of us are blamers. I, I can get into this sometimes myself. Like blamers, like um, I make the decision, it doesn't work, and it's Tracy's fault. <laughs> what do you mean, amen? She's like, oh, I've got to drink something or I'm going to grab that microphone. On the... But it's easier to do that than face ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I screwed that up. And boy, do you, I hate worse than anything to be wrong. I really hate it, you know, just because I, you know, I just want to be, I just want to do well and everything. When I blow it, it's just really hard for me. And um, so it's, you know, even correction, it's still hard for me to take correction too. It's because, you know, think about it. We, I do the father's teaching. One of the things about fathers is that we tend to see God the way we see our earthly fathers. We obviously we get healed from that and all that. But um, if you're a performance-based father like mine was, he's, phenomenal father amazing but he always pushed us to do better in his in his way it was like live up to the standard you know so uh if if someone says my work is no good it's easy for me to say i'm no good i'm the only guy in the room that's saying yeah that's what it is look guys a lot of times we we uh see ourselves as the work we perform instead of as who god made us I don't know. That's either going deeper. Or you guys are like, what the guy talking about, man? But we really do. Uh, for me, um, you know, doing a good job and all that, I can put a lot of um, um, identity into my job. And so we have to be careful of that because if we're not doing a good job or if you make a mistake and we're all about our job, then suddenly we're hard to live with, aren't we? In other words, here's a true test. When you're doing bad and you're okay with it, like, I mean, you're, you're still realize where, who you are, even when you're doing bad, then you're probably ready to do real good. Then you can take the, the trip to the top and you're fine. You've got to get the cracks in your foundation solved before you build high on it. And that's what we talk about a lot in EJS. I love the work that Matthew's doing there and the others and Trace and all the teachers there, but... We talk about that, get that foundation solid as, as men, and then we can build, you know, we can build on that foundation. But these are some of the things, if you don't do well when you're, I mean, if you don't see yourself well, if you're getting all depressed and everything, and all, no, you got to dust yourself off and get out there again and, and keep going until the Lord gives you the ability to walk through that door. Make sense? Here are some, here are some noteworthy uh, things that um, this was from... Um, Jimmy Evans, and uh, so I wanted to share some of his wisdom. He's one of the, the probably premier authorities on, on weddings and marriages and living out life as, as husband and wife. Um, he said four areas of leadership women complain about the most that when he's counseled people, and we find this to be true too, Tracy and I. Number one is children. The wife would say, my husband... Um, doesn't step up when it comes to disciplining the children that he leaves that to me and um if if that's if that's true um that's that's out of order really um whose discipline come from it's both uh see it can be the other way too when your father gets home you're gonna get it kid you know right anybody ever heard that one yes all hands go up no Anyways, uh, that's not right either. So as far as the children are concerned, both. We, we, we parent together. Uh, we talked about leadership before in this area. Who's the leader of the children? Both of us. It takes two, right? And then everybody else you know to try to help you. But uh, <laughs> anyways, 
But yeah, we both we both discipline. It's not okay for me to hand out the candy while she wears him out. You know, uh, not not right. Number two, romance. Said uh, after the you know we were great until we got married, and he's like, okay, that's done. I don't have to date her anymore. You know, uh, not so, guys. We got to never quit dating our wives, and um, so we keep that up. You know, hey, you guys doing date night? Are you still getting out? You're going to hear me ask these young couples that we've that we um, counsel about that. Yeah, even though um, John's title changed, you know, like he's he's my husband. No, ladies, he is my boyfriend. I mean, we keep it there. We keep it real, romantic. He's my boyfriend. We date. Lots of good dinners. You yeah. know, Tracy and I, we love to go to a good restaurant. And we have, we have done that. The Lord's blessed us, you know, through the years. Uh, sometimes a good restaurant was Chick-fil-A. It is. It's a really good restaurant. Not open on Sunday. But it depends on where you are. <clears throat> but... But we've gone to a lot of really nice places to eat. And, um, you know, through the years, that's been a real joy. You know, we'll go because there you are. It's just you, your wife, and the waiter. And, um, you know, you just sit and have good conversations and go deep and yeah. good food. And yeah. anyway, yeah. finances. I got that. Yeah, yeah. It was time to move on on that one. <laughs> yeah. About the restaurant. tap. It's like when you're hugging somebody, you know, you give them the, okay, we can break, tap, tap. That's nonverbal communication, gentlemen. <laughs> they say 90% of life is, is like that, only 10% with the words. <laughs> What's that mean? Yeah, I know. Anyways, uh, number three, finances. And this is the guy like, well, I made it. I overspend whatever I want to, you know. Now, um, this Gentlemen, it is not okay for you to, just because you make more, to go spend all the money on the things you like, unless it's motorcycles and four-wheelers. <laughs> now, there are some rules. That's a, one little caveat. But other than that, it's got to be fair and equitable uh, across the board. We're, we're still okay on that, aren't we, honey? Oh, yeah. You want to shake on it again? Yeah. All right. Four-wheelers and motorcycles, we're good. Um, I leave town, and I'm not kidding you. I come back, and he's bought a motorcycle. Again, my, my daughter said, maybe you shouldn't leave town anymore. Remember that one time, uh, Tracy and I, these were moments, like marriage moments. But uh, she calls, she'd been out of town for a couple of days up Kansas City or somewhere. And she called me and she says, hey, how's it going? I said, fine. And she said, no, 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 tell me about every detail of your life and all that. I said, well, I bought a motorcycle. You bought a motorcycle, huh? Oh, well, that's great, honey. And I said, and I bought a house. You can't buy a house. You bought a house? I said, yeah. She said, oh, you're kidding. I'm like, no, I'm really not. No, he not. bought a house. <laughs> I put an offer in on a house. and, uh, and That's and exactly said, how I looked. Her mouth is wide open. Like, and she's like, what? honey, you can't buy a house. I said, I know exactly what you want. She said, send me a picture of it. I did. She says, oh, my gosh, I don't like that house. <laughs> Luckily, the Lord was listening. And uh, answered her prayers because we didn't get the house. But, you know, anyway, I did buy a house and a motorcycle. I like the initiative. Yeah, just, you know, it was a great house. Yeah. I like the house. But, no, don't do that. Now, if I'd have got that house, I'd have had that house for breakfast every morning, gentlemen. <laughs> I promise you. Right? And I'd have had to make that breakfast, by the way. <laughs> So, spiritually, finances and then spiritual. Husband won't pray enough or come to church. That's another one that, uh, that's the fourth of the four. Um, you know, uh, Tracy, I got tickled there one time. She, uh, we had this lady. Anyway, these are counseling moments. I'll never tell who it is unless you pay me. But anyway, um, we, we had this lady and, and we're counseling. She says, well, my husband just is not spiritual enough and he's just not taking the lead in our family and he is just not I mean he hardly ever spends any time in the prayer room and it's just not acceptable and I just don't know what to do but it's it's this grounds for a divorce you know and Tracy's like honey he's working <laughs> pretty much saw I did that say one. that you did didn't you I said what do you think he's doing all day so you know Maybe a little grace on that, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. 
the dude's out putting meat on the table. I mean, come on. Yeah, and that, that, is, that is true. So there really needs to be some grace there. But at the same time, really um, being the spiritual head and, and coming together and deciding what that's going to look like for your family. Um, I love John, and he, he not only does he um, walk it out, when the children, and this is another statistic, when the father is leading spiritually, the children um, typically will stay in the church. But if the father is not leading, most of the time the children will not be serving the Lord after they leave the home. And so just seeing uh, the covering of a father and, and for the children to witness their dad reading the Bible at home or, or praying together with, with their mother, or praying together with them before they go to bed, or just saying, I'm going to set the spiritual tone for my family. That speaks volumes. But if they don't do any of that, and then they want to preach Jesus, or, or you need to do this, that, the children see the, the, that there's no authenticity there. They see that what you're saying and what you're doing, you can't fool kids that it don't meet up. And so... Um, so it's good to have a praying um, and, and, and a church attending. And that's not religion. That's just the commandment of the word to stay in communities, you know, go to church, like, teach your children the word. and Yeah, we're good. Best way to do it. Okay, 4-4. Four, four. How are we doing on time? No, yeah, no, it was five. No, there were five of the other thing and four of that one. Oh, you did great. I did? Yeah, I'm really proud of you. All right, could we get a big hand for me? Isn't he wonderful? Yeah. I'm I've just never so wanted to do that, and I'll never do it again. <laughs> okay, you're all right. Up. It all says right. Tracy we're gonna. Right there. I'm gonna cover. I don't think we're gonna get to communication today, but I do want to cover the ten dangers to the marriage um, really quick, and then we'll adjourn for the day. Um, it's number a lot of one. Dangers. One of the dangers, um, number one, for both men, uh, women and men, is listening to the accuser. You know, the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to kill you, and he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy your marriage. That's, that's, he, so what he does is he will go, oh, look at everything your husband isn't. Let me give you a list. Let me give you, and he'll go over to your husband and say, let me tell you, if it weren't for that woman, then you're like, all these problems that you have. And so he begins to, to and you think it's you? Anything that the enemy says to you or any words that come into your mind that do not agree with what heaven says over your husband, that is the accuser of the brethren. And, and so instead of fighting your husband and your husband fighting your wife, fight that other guy that's causing all the trouble. Declare war on him instead of declaring war on your husband or your wife. Amen? All right, number two, having an emotional attachment to others of the opposite sex. This is really important because um, this is a great way to start the beginning of the end. Um, I had, a, had um, there were several men that weren't safe for me, and John does a great job of really guarding me on this. And I love that because he uses his strength to protect me and not to bully me or to push me. Um, or to intimidate me. And so what he does is John's got a really good um, gift of discernment. And he can discern who's safe and not safe. And so he'll just say to me, Tracy, that guy over there is in a safe place for you. Meaning that, that he's got a, either a spirit of lust or a spirit of perversion or something like that on him. Beware and stay away. And I'll do it. You know, I'll be like, hey, brother, you know, the other way. And it's not that I won't love. It's just I know that there's not an intimate friendship there for me, that that's not a safe place for me to engage as a friend, as a brother and sister until he gets delivered. And I'll let John be the one that, that is the intermediary. Um, but then the other part, there was this one uh, guy who actually was my first boyfriend. And so he found me on Facebook a couple of years ago. And, and he asked to be my friend. He requested to be my friend. Well, it's perfectly harmless. You know, I mean, I'm married now and he's married. And so, you know, whatever. And so I was like, you know, sure, you know, let's be friends. Let's find out what each other's doing now. But there was something in my heart that was like, kind of like a whisper or hint of something there. And so 
I wasn't going to keep that a secret, and so I thought it would be a good idea to tell John about this, you know, just to, just to make sure it's okay, because I don't want to be doing anything that's not integrous and keeping my heart pure. And so I just said, hey, here's what happened, you know, my uh, first love um, from high school. You know, he found me on Facebook, and so I told him about it, and he said, yeah, defriend him. I mean, guys just know the intention of other guys, you know. They're like, yeah, that guy's a hound dog. He doesn't want to be your friend, you know. So, um, so he, it's like cut it off before it starts. But, but, but doing that and becoming very intimate with another man while you're married or another woman, yeah. like let's just talk late at night or let's just have these deep emotional connecting conversations, not a good idea. If this is not happening, then you need to go get counseling so you can have that connection. Don't start a connection with someone else. Okay. The third, um, lying. Lying is hiding. It just is. Lying about the little things, not good. Lying about the big things, even worse. Don't lie, period. Even if it costs you, don't lie. Always be honest. And, um, and don't do that thing where I'm going to tell you half the truth. Just go ahead and be like, here's, here's what the deal is, okay? Um, because that breaks trust. Number four, abuse, any kind of abuse, any kind of abuse, that means verbal, physical, and emotional, um, any kind of abuse. Pushing, shoving is abuse. Do not do it. Pulling someone is abuse. Don't do it, okay? Um, addictions, very, very hard. Any kind of addiction, um, alcohol, drug addiction, makes makes it very, very hard because it steals love and it steals intimacy and it steals trust. And those are the foundation and the bedrock of a good marriage. Um, number six, withholding sex. Um, my body is his, his body is mine. This is what the word says. And it says that it is, and what the Lord meant by that is he meant about sexuality. He meant about sex. And, and he, he said that unless it is agreed by both parties um, that there, that you will refrain from sex for fasting or for whatever, or prayer for a season, then it's okay. But other than that, it's not. Using sex to, to punish your husband or manipulate him, when you, or when you forgive, you forgive. And you move on down the line. Okay? Um, neglect. Number seven, neglecting one another. Reglect, neglecting one another emotionally. Um, it's just heartbreaking, so don't do it. Um, Number eight, control and manipulation. Don't do it ever. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that means you're plotting and planning to get a response from him and to get what you want instead of having a, an honest communication and an honest, um, um, f fully, being fully open um, and, and, you know, into me you see, right? Intimacy. Mm -hmm into me, you see, that means I tell you everything, right? Right here. Okay. Um, the ninth, uh, pornography. Pornography is just a love killer, but it's a love killer for men and women who engage in it. Um, because what it does is it steals the purity in your own heart and, and, uh, it's not okay. And, uh, we'll talk a little bit about more about that during our time of, of talking about sex, but, um, because I think the Bible actually speaks to pornography, and, and we'll share sure. that. Let me, I'll just mark one before we came in here. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Um, if you got your Bibles, Proverbs 5, uh, 21. This is a big deal. My goodness. Anybody else think that it's getting worse, like uh, that images are everywhere? Like, it's incredible that the images, and, and I mean, now it's gotten to the point where it's not PG. I mean... It's everywhere. Yeah, you, you look at Fox News and you're like, oh, okay, look I'll away. I'll tell you, for, I'll just speak for me. I mean, for guys, I don't know if it's the same for women, but for guys, this stuff popping up everywhere, I mean, it's incredibly hard not to look at that. And it's, uh, you know, just a curiosity factor for nothing, for nothing else, lack of anything else. But I want to speak to that and try to kill the desire for anything like that. Um, what did I say? It's Proverbs, Proverbs 5, 21. 521, let me get there real quick. Because I felt like it was worth reading. I saw it the other day, the C. Um, well, first of all, number 20, uh, in 520, it says, For why should you, my son, be enraptured 
by an immoral woman. And, and by an immoral woman, typically, it's the, um, the uh, perception of an immoral wom woman. Uh, a lot of women are trafficked and all kinds of other things that should also you know, turn our heads away from this. But, um, and be embraced in the arms of a seductress, which, you know, money's a seductress. But anyway, we know, we know what he's talking about there. Uh, looking at that, uh, you're getting drawn into that as if that were someone that wants to have sex with you. Uh, for the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all, its pa all his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man. Isn't that interesting? And he's caught in the cords of sin. Um, he shall die for, for the lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his follow, he shall, um, folly he shall go astray. Uh, the Lord is speaking very clearly to, to, uh, to me and to men about, um, I believe, about pornography in this verse. Um, so, you know, getting enraptured in that, getting uh, our focus on that. Because um, what it does uh, really is it makes us, it gives us an escape from reality for uh, being in the real and, uh, and kind of taking this virtual path to intimacy. Does that make sense, guys, what I'm saying? Um, it, it's, a, it's a virtual path that's easier than maybe uh, going the other path, which requires uh, uh, of our emotions, of our time, of our intentions. And, um, or you can just you know, do the drive-by deal, and, and there you go. And, um, and, and sometimes, especially if relationships are difficult for us, I mean, guys, this is a big industry. Now, somebody's watching this stuff. Are you with me? Billions and billions and billions. Um, uh, I turned on something today. It was one of the news channels or something, and they were talking about this this gal that was a very um, you know successful news person. Anyway, she quit to become a porn star. You know, yeah, I just saw it. Uh, I don't know who it was, but anyway, we we're just talking about she went a different way. I guess you know it was a better career path. She felt. Anyway, with all that said, I, you know, it's very serious. I'm not trying to make light of this at all, but that's a good, uh, I've, I feel like a good, um, you know, scriptural passage for us to look at yeah. when we're, when we're um, you know, looking to stay away from the uh, images. Yeah. Right, and, and, and I want to encourage um, husbands and wives. Um, our response, if our husband is caught up in pornography or our wives are caught up in pornography, you have to understand that if your husband or wife had cancer, you wouldn't be like mad at them. This is this is seriously the a demonic stronghold, mm. and so our response should be, "I am so sorry. I am so sorry that that happened to you. You know, I what can I do? How can I help you? You know, we can do this together and begin to get a team." type of strategy let's we can do this you know i'm going to start praying what what can i do you know i mean how can i help you but if you shame them and and then say well now i'm all mad at you and i'm not going to give you sex i'm pretty sure you're just making it worse mm -hmm. you know and so um and and the thing is is you you he you have to be a safe place for him to share this stuff with or accountability among men but if you shut yourself off and say i'm going to take an axe to your skull every time you tell me you've looked at pornography or whatever how are you partnering with him how are you helping him because growth a lot of times or or, or or as we repent it doesn't happen like immediately sometimes it's in stages and in steps but we have to help them go through the process of getting that healing and really and, the best the best strategy is to um is to resist it resist it and the um the hunger for it goes away yeah true. Um, and then if you get caught up by it get it get out of it as fast as you can like yeah. Um, like Sam and I, sometimes we'll go to a movie and, and something will just come on. Well, it's, it's supposed to be PG, right? And Sam and I, you know, do one of these in the movie theater. Tracy's just like, you know. I'm so proud of him. I'm anyways, like, uh, Or I'm you, throwing myself in front of Sam's body. <laughs> I was like, don't look! Ah! And I'm like, okay, be cool. But, uh, but, <laughs> but you need, really, you need, almost need a, you know, something to throw over your eyes because it's out there so much. Anyway, we want to talk about that 
women and men, it's not just a man thing. We know women, uh, you know, probably a third of the pornography looked at is by women too. There's no shaming. We, we can only get into shaming no matter who's looking at it. Yeah. We want to get into uh, freedom yeah. and we want to have um, love between our wife and husband instead of lust uh, for the drive-by thing. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Bam, we did it. All right. And the 10th is um, basically laziness. You know, any kind of laziness and, and, and procrastination, you're not taking care of emotions. And so, so procrastination can work on internal heart issues as well as external things that you need to do. And so um, those are the top 10. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. We.